welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. But I'm not just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain like what you're saying. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not doing it yet. I'm not doing it yet. Revolutionary Sports Front, episode 39. And it is April in the D. Happy Sunday. Um, to the listeners out there, we apologize for the, uh, the month or over a month delay. Yeah, it was um, over a month. We went on a bit of a hiatus, but we're back and better and f- as fresh as ever. Um, besides March Madness, though, which you guys all know what I, I think about. I don't really care about it that much. There hasn't been a whole lot going on, but um, we do have some making up to do, so we're going to dive right in. But um, I just want to say hello to the fellas. Jerry to my right. How's Tony it going? To my left. Tony, or er, Tony. Joe via Skype. What's up? Boys. I don't want to interrupt you when you're on a roll, but remember when... Remember when uh, April and the D actually meant something around here? They had the song and the contest. Yeah, and, well, like, the, April we're, and the D. We're gonna get into a bit, a, a bit of why that's not the case shortly. So, with that being said, we'll start with the Red Wings. Um, the streak's over, Joe. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's disappointing, man. Um, you know, we've talked about it all season. We we kind of saw it coming. I mean, more and more, a trade deadline came up and. Uh, and I think you know that was the, the the you know the affirmation that like hey we're we're not gonna we're not gonna fucking make it. I mean it, you know you saw through February, uh, there were some games you absolutely had to win against teams that were not at the top of the league, and uh, we couldn't win those games. You know yeah yeah um, but I mean the Wings aren't at the top of the league, so how are they expected to win those games? You know I mean some of us one person on the show well, called compete, called preseason dude. that the streak was gonna end this year. I'm not gonna say yeah, who bro, it was. I'm but just saying they're it would be at least compete. Right. I don't know. If, if, if you're facing if you're facing a team that's about the same level as you, you know, I mean, they're not they're not that far ahead of you in points. I mean, you expect at least you know at home win a game, but they couldn't do that. You know, they weren't good enough, man. They're at the bottom of the East. They're not making it. The, stre- the streak's over. But I think that if you want to take a positive outlook, I think the narrative of the whole thing is positive, man. I mean, God. I mean, God rest his soul. Mike Illich died. You know, he lived a long life. He died. Uh, Joe Lewis, we've had some tremendous memories there over the years, um, but you know it's going away. And the streak, which you know could have easily ended uh, four or five years ago, if we're being realistic, it also ended. So we're going to start off with a clean slate in a new place. And I think that if you take that narrative and the positive approach, then it's a good thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to be positive about it, but I personally don't think uh, Jeff Blaschel is the guy to do it. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I think you got a new stadium. Illich is gone. I think you need totally tap down. Blaschel has never had to build a team. He's just gotten all that talent. Ken Han sent him to Grand Rapids. He's never been expected to win anything, never been in the limelight. And I think it's pretty clear because Babcock is doing way better with the Maple Leafs that Blaschel is just not on that coaching pedigree to coach a top-tier team in the NHL. Well, so I everyone wants to keep comparing Blaschel to Babcock, though, and the situations are completely – they couldn't be more different. Because Babcock walked into a a, a, um, a situation a year ago where they completely tanked out, 
and then they went and got Austin Matthews, who's one of the few top picks that come around every every few years. I mean, we, we saw a very fortunate thing for a couple of teams where McDavid one year and then Matthews the next. I mean, those guys are freaks. The Matthews has over 30 goals as a rookie, man. And uh, and then you look at all the other top 10 talent, uh, top top picks he, uh, uh, you know, got to bring up, you know, Nylander, uh, Mitch Marner, uh, Kapanen, uh, the, the defenseman Morgan Riley. I mean, those are all guys that are picked in like the top five of the draft. And all of a sudden, they're, you know, he just picked up a team with all this talent, right? Detroit is not on that end. They're on quite the opposite end where they're, they don't even have anyone drafted that high. And we have to start to accrue those players. And I think this is, you know, this is obviously going to be the season where we, we start to accrue those guys. So I think it's completely different situations. It's very, very hard to compare. And, uh, and I, but I do agree with you, Jerry, that I don't, I don't think Blaschel is the guy to do it, though. I think you need a more experienced coach uh, to come in who knows what he wants, who, know, who knows what needs to happen, uh, not someone who's trying to kind of learn it as he goes. You can tell Blaschel hired a couple of experienced, very experienced assistant coaches to help him out uh, this year, and it didn't work out. You, you need a guy uh, running the ship that knows exactly what he wants and, and where he wants it to go. And I think Blaschel's struggling with that. And it doesn't help that they have they don't have any defense either. I think I think either goalie would play great this year. I think Mrazek has made a lot of good saves and played a lot of good games, and they all went to waste because he just left out to dry, taking forty five to fifty shots. We should have brought Tortorelli here. I like his passion. The guy used to coach the Rangers. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, if you want to be a oh. – I, I get it. Blaschel would be a fine coach if you're talking about coaching the Carolina Hurricanes or something. But if you want – he just doesn't seem like a championship-winning coach to me. You know, like what we have, Babcock and Scotty Bowman. These are all-time greats oh, that are bringing rings here. I think that's some – he looks like a doofus, dude. The way he handles no, it, the media and the team has been a little suspect. I agree he should be under suspicion, but we are where we are. I don't think it's time to whack him yet. I think we give him a little time, but I don't think he's the guy either. I think we're all on I, consensus on that. It's, don't it's really look hard now. to dump him, too, after a season and a roster like the, you know, w- with what we have. Like, Holland, Holland's got to be held accountable, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hard to whack Blaschel when Holland hasn't exactly done the greatest job. Yeah, I mean, we had the um, conversation at the end of last season, would you rather get rid of Ken Holland and take Stevie Y from Tampa Bay? And I'm 100% down with that. I'm New Arena, I'm down to just sweep the entire house. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, like, I wish... This is one of the few times you get that Steve opportunity. A, uh, an opportunity to come back up and take over the team. I mean, that would be, that, that would be like the best case scenario. Steve Eisenman comes up, maybe we hire a new coach, some, someone experienced, uh, someone who's knows what he's doing. Um, not that, not that Blashell does it, man. Black, see, this is the type of coach Blashell is. He's the type of guy that takes over like the penguins or somebody, somebody's stacked. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't have to do as much. And, and, you know, and he would probably be pretty successful there. I'm not sure uh, Blashell's qualified to pump gas at this point, bro. I think he stinks. I think our team looks pathetic all season. And I think that a lot of that has to fall on the coach. I'm not, obviously he doesn't have the talent, but we looked bad. A lot of times this season, there's between good hockey and bad hockey. You can have just inferior talent and still look like you're trying. The wings at times this season look like you might as well just been figure skating at some point. There was flashes of greatness at at some points, but there's definitely some pieces like Joe mentioned that need to be added. And I think only time will tell. You got to give him a little time. Don't look. But it's like that the movie that you guys see the Bellacore experiment. 
They're all the coach, Ken Holland, they all should have little explosive devices at their head. And when it's time, just press the button and they blow their head off. So I think they should be right. on, on, on notice. You know, they're definitely on notice, everybody. But you got to give it a little time, build a team. I know? think the players on the team should be on notice too. You know what I mean? Like the Oilers, after all those first round picks, they're second in the West. Don't look now. Oilers are well, coming. it's about fucking time. The, yeah, that, Jesus that's, Christ, that, that's that's a little embarrassing. They should have been. They've been good rebuilding a long for like ten ago. years. Yeah, if more than that, I'm down. I'll take a ten year rebuild if that's what it if that's what it takes to get I some can't top wait talent. That long. I can wait all day. We had twenty five years of greatness. Just no, like I said earlier, room, buddy. That that streak. Can we all agree that that streak could have ended it easily a couple years ago? I, I mean, it was cool when the San Jose yeah. Sharks were celebrating their 22nd season of existence and we had 22 straight playoff bursts and we were playing them. That was cool. But after that, I mean, who well, cares? Well, then we were making the second round. Well, yeah, no, a couple years ago, I remember it was like, <laughs> get blow, just blown out by 10. Our last good shot was when we were up, we were up 3-1 on Chicago or 3-2. It was 3-1. It was 3-1. It was 3-1. Yeah, that, could, that, was... that was our year. We should have won that year and then just blown we, it off. We win that Datsuk back to Russia. Zetterberg back to Sweden. Babcock can go do whatever he wants. Up in- Zetterberg's had a great year, though. Zetterberg's been trying to carry this team all year. He has, and it's a damn shame. Yeah. It's probably the best year he's going to have. That's it's, the best one he had left. And he, he's so far As much as we made fun of him last year and throughout the season, he did play pretty good, and he was trying, and he's a good captain. And, but he burnt and what sucks up. about that is it's just so sad to watch, though. You know what I mean? You're like, yes, yeah, Zetterberg, you're doing, you're doing pretty awesome, man, but God, he's getting us nowhere, you know? Yeah, well, well, I mean, he's getting paid like top talent. That's kind of what you expect out of him, you know? I mean, maybe I just hold my guys down. Yeah, yeah, the expectations are there. I'm just saying, though, it's like, man, it's it's good to see him still still doing it, you know? If I, I mean, was him, just, I would demand wish, a trade. Or just when's his leave. contract up? Is this, how many years has he got left? Two, three? He's, he's, got, he's got three years left. Wow. Oh, my God. Cronwell's got uh, two or three years left as well. Erickson's got like another four, I think. No, Erickson's got like two or three. Well, we'll see what happens. We got some. I mean, talk about the positive things real quick. You got Double A looking good. Tatar's racking up some goal totals, even though it came a little bit late. Mantha was looking good Your until he decided Mantha. to break his fucking hand. Yeah, well, dumbass. At least, be at least he was fighting. Yeah, yeah but he's a Sheehan not He's a, a scorer, Joe. He's not supposed to be fighting. Did Sheehan not score yet? Shahan is scored. still not scored. He's now at 357 days since his last goal. What a fucking loser. Dude, he, I, <laughs> we had, we had, we had the, a chance to trade his ass for a fucking sandwich to Toronto, and we should have taken it. Oh, my God. Dude, what a we loser. Should. I mean, I don't play in the NHL. Then I have as many goals this NHL season as Shahan. Downtown so. Detroit's coming back. I'm sure he can find <laughs> another job somewhere down there, but he shouldn't be playing for the Red Wings like today. I don't Selling get hot and readies. I'm selling hot and readies. They got some good Coney Islands down there. Quicken Loans is hiring. You know, find <laughs> something like that. Like just get. I think it's where no, quick we, loans got to be able so, to. So I mean, there, there, yeah. there is some promising. You got to be able I to mean, seal the deal to be at quick and loans. Go ahead. There, there is some promising things in the future, though. I mean, Frank, you just mentioned double A. The guy, the guy scores every time he's on a breakaway. He's got some moves. He's got some speed. Uh, he can bang. You know, when Mantha comes back healthy, uh, Larkin Larkin gets out of his sophomore slump. Um, and then you, you got a couple forwards on Grand Rapids. See what they can do. I mean, is that what we're calling it with Larkin, the sophomore slump? You just kind of plug that one in there. What do you What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean that's what we're hoping it is. It could just be that he's not that good. No, I don't think it's that. Man, there, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you don't. He looked pretty good, and he just couldn't get the damn thing in the net. I mean, when it isn't your year, it isn't your year, and you're that young. You got to learn. You know, he's got one of the uh, explosive devices in his head too. 
So uh, while we're here, since there's only four games left, the playoffs got to be starting soon. And since you know our team's not in it, we should the get playoffs start in ten days. Ten days. Who do you guys think is going to take it down this year? Edmonton. No, I don't. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead Joe. Uh, you know, Edmonton. You're could in Vegas. Things. You can put all your shit on one team. Edmonton could surprise somebody, but I don't think they'll take it. I mean, Connor McDavid is the real deal, man. No, I uh, but yeah, I think they'll get eaten alive by like a legit contender. Just the Blue Jackets um, have 106 points. Man, you know that the Penguins still look good. Uh, the Caps look awesome. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, but the Caps are choke artists. They are choke artists, and. Uh, so it's that's what makes it like almost impossible to pick them. San Jose doesn't look as good as they did last year. Um, they won't. But I, you know, Chicago, they're the Why top team in the Chicago? West. Why don't you move to Chicago? <laughs> uh, Minnesota. Chicago? Minnesota's had a slump lately, but they've had a really, really good year. Um, so if I if I'd say out of the West, I think Minnesota comes out of the West, and Washington comes out of the East. And I'll, I'll stick with that for now. You took my damn pick. People have been that was taking my pick. Washington calling the East for so long. Yeah, I, I got Washington over uh, over Minnesota. Over, they think of a really a, good defenseman at the trade deadline. That might be that oh, could be the tipping point. You oh, know? he's getting his ring this year. He's getting a, he's getting a cup. They never they never really had a good you know how do they say it like a good uh, stall what were they. Uh, Defenseman, stable defenseman, stable. Yeah, thank you. Stable. They never had, really Stall. had a good stable defenseman back there. Uh, with Shattenkirk coming in, they got Carlson now, Carl Olsner, and uh, uh, what's that guy, Niskanen? Um, Niskanen, N- Niskanen. Yeah, and I think I think they still got Brooks Orpik too. Um, that I mean that right there, that, that's that's a good group of defensemen, man. Uh, that that might be what helps them out and uh, getting at least past the conference final. So we when they get to the finals. People... If they play someone like Chicago, they, they'll probably lose. The Chicago is just another day for them. Um, you guys see on his way from Washington. But if they, if they play, if they play Minnesota, I think they beat Minnesota. That's what I think too, and I like this. Uh, I like their siren. So, but uh, what do you got, Tony? Uh, I mean, Montreal. They got Claude Julian now, and he won a cup with Boston. The Montreal That's the Canadiens. last thing we need is a, can, a Canadian team winning the cup. How fucking shitty would that and be? And then the second place team in the Atlantic Division <laughs> also is a Stanley Cup winning coach with with a uh, with the Detroit Red Wings and Mike Babcock, and that's Toronto. So I mean, you got two teams there uh, coming from the Atlantic Division that could have the pedigree coaching to possibly win it. Tony did his homework, so, eh? Tony's doing his, uh, eh? he's bringing a cup back to Canada. Let's uh, give one up for the great white North people. Democrat. All right. So Tony, I like, I like, I like where your head's at. I think Toronto could steal a series because of Babcock and well, Austin Toronto's Matthews. probably going to play Ottawa. Mostly, first round. mostly Austin Matthews, Ottawa. but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, well, Toronto, like I just said, Toronto's probably playing Ottawa in the first round. Oh, they're going to play Boston. So if they play Ottawa, they beat Ottawa. Yeah, I'll tell you what, boys. It's going to be. Toronto weird. would destroy Ottawa. It's going to be weird watching the wing or uh, watching the playoffs without the wings. I'll tell you that. Oh well, after the first round, it'll be the same as the last five years. But yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I you know, looking sure. at my picks, I got the uh, 
I don't think the Capitals. I think the Blue Jackets get it done in the East. Oh, come on. Ooh, yeah. I'm taking Columbus out of the them. East I'll with 106 never pick points. I don't care but, uh, what they do. Yeah, I know. It's a joke. The first Red Wings game I went to was uh, the Wings beating the Whoa. Blue Jackets like 7 nothing. Um, uh, I don't Jerry, care how good they are. I think this yeah. is going to be. You remember back at when uh, we. Uh, I don't know if it was the first time we when we beat the Penguins, we lost to them, but it, the year after pretty much is when Chicago won. I think this is going to be that year for the Oilers. I think the Chicago's going to barely get past the Oilers. You know, it's going to be a coming-of-age moment. It's going to be the last time Chicago comes out of the West for a long time. This is like their last hurrah, and I think Chicago gets it gets it done this year. But playoff hockey is very this is really hard to predict. I just don't know how you're picking a team from Ohio, man. I, I, mean, I don't have a problem with teams from Ohio, Tony, You because know, we actually beat them at Michigan State. You know, yeah. I mean, as a proud Michigander, I don't. I just I'm proud no, Michigander. Gerard, Gerard had a really, really good point, man. Columbus, they got the they got the Tortorella, like you mentioned, Frank, and uh, they they too have built up a roster of top picks over the years, and they they got it going right now. Because they, they suck they could, for twenty years. I don't even think they've been a team I mean, for twenty years. It's really hot in their defense. Like it's really hard to come in, and like Las Vegas is gonna blow for ten years. You know what I mean? Like. We can get into specifics maybe sometime, but building a team, you're allowed, like, each team gets to protect, like, top five players, and you get to pick one player from a certain number of teams. It's ridiculous how hard it is when you add an expansion team. Didn't yeah. Columbus Well, win, the like, problem is, is Las Vegas is probably going to get some of our something good young like guys. That's part of the problem, because Ken Holland's already talked about protecting guys who he shouldn't be protecting. Well, how many guys do you get to protect, Joe? Do you know? So you get you get a you get a, one of two things, it's uh it's an amount of forwards, defensemen, and a goalie, or you can do uh just straight up um, a certain amount of players and not protect your goalies at all. I think. I thought it was you got ten skaters and one goalie. Yeah, ten skaters and one goalie, but it's like Dude, a, you, the, you have two different I combinations. I can't name ten Red Wings that I want to keep on the team. You just do the smart Manta Larkin AA. I would let Zetterberg be up for so some of those discussion. guys. You don't have to protect because they're so young. Oh, they, there's a certain age limit that they have yeah. to take over. Like like Las Vegas can't just go and like say say Edmonton protects McDavid and like a couple of their best like veterans. Like they can't just go grab last year's like second overall pick though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, we're just gonna take like your fucking second best young guy. You know what I mean? You can't do that. Like they gotta be like they gotta basically be around like the UFA type status. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Maybe we'll go to a game yeah, in Vegas one day. Speaking boys. of games in Vegas, we didn't have on the show sheet, but the Raiders to Ve- the Raiders to Vegas, big day, NFL team. Yeah. Isn't Vegas? that not happened for a couple years though? Like twenty. Yeah, they got to finish up their contract in Oakland. I think. Yeah, they got to build. I think, the I think they have two years left in Oakland, and then that third year, plus they got to build a fucking stadium out in Vegas. I mean, know? everybody steals from other people's show, but like, the, you guys hear about how Jerry Jones is involved in that money deal? Like Jerry Jones pushed it so hard because he and George Steinbrenner are part owners of a company that's uh, they do the luxury boxes at stadiums pretty much. Like they do the luxury boxes at Levi Stadium, so uh, they're gonna do the luxury boxes. He pushed for all three relocations. Number one, the owners got fifty million. Number two, every stadium that's getting built, he does, is gonna be doing the. It's called Legends, is the name of the company. They're gonna do all luxury boxes. So he gets a nut that way. He's the one that brokered the deal between Bank of America to build the stadium and the Raiders, and he personally guaranteed it. And so, since Mark Davis is the poorest owner, the only way he can pay back the loan without it coming out of his pocket 
is by selling luxury boxes, which means money goes to Jerry Jones. And then when Jerry Bank of America gets paid back, Jerry Jones somehow gets a percentage for guaranteeing or some crap. <laughs> so Jerry Jones is literally just making buku bucks. He pretty much owns two NFL teams now because now he has Mark Davis by the nutsack because he's the guarantee. So yeah, what's the problem? Are you saying that's bad? Or I was just going on a little bit of a tangent. Oh, I mean, good. I mean, good, I think it's ridiculous that we let that business, happen. Baby. Good businessman. Good for him. It's I mean, like that it's, is business. It's not corrupt but, or anything. I mean, if I would... The Raiders belong in Oakland, man. They like are Oakland. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it either. But I mean, it is what it is, right? I think uh, go to a game. I mean, it's smart, man. You gotta, you gotta pray for that new practice facility in, in Dallas that they got. You, have you guys seen that that practice facility they have? I heard about it. There, there is like literally two first class hotels basically surrounding surrounding a practice facility that's indoor and outdoor, and the indoor practice facility has stands i mean it's basically like a miniature stadium so people can come and watch them and everything and, and all this other it's, it's in frisco dallas i mean this thing is like state-of-the-art it's awesome uh sounds awesome okay, drove, drove by and saw like the some of the construction of it it looked it looked fucking massive i looked it up on google saw the pictures i mean this thing is going to be out of control and it's still not going to win anything. So good 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 for ezekiel it Fuck you see, you see Zeke pull that bitch's titty out. Yeah. What, no. else? what else is new? <laughs> All right. What's the next topic here? All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can, I talk, can I talk about the way yeah, I hope the Red Wings draft and then we can move on? Go ahead. All right. So defenseman from Sweden. He's dropping a little bit. He's he was supposed to be the second overall guy behind Nolan Patrick. I don't think we're gonna get in the lottery for the uh, the picks. I think we played our way out of it. No, we're in but, the lottery. I mean, any team that doesn't make the playoffs oh, is in the lottery. I thought it was only the top five. No, it's like the top five worst. No, every team that doesn't make the playoffs is in the lottery. So the 14th, it's just that we're gonna have not that great of a chance. Yeah, the the fourteenth team has like a point one percent chance, and the the first team has like a. Where they got like they got like one ping pong ball and like yeah, and then avalanche. The, the avalanche get like seventy. No, it actually it's actually the opposite way. Like the first place team only has one. Like the worst team, I should say. I'm saying first. I'm thinking backwards. The worst team right. puts one ping pong ball in there, and you put like 500 of the 14. It's not 500. You know that's not how the math works out, but it ends up being like 150. And it might be it's like 200 of the 14th place team because you pick ping pong balls and you go down the order. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's not much of a good chance of us getting it. I mean, it's not going to be bad. We're in. We have seventy four well, points. It's better than a lot of the other teams. Jeez, the Avalanche have forty five oh. points. My God. Yeah. yeah and the no, funny thing is, is, they were supposed to be good because of all their young players that they drafted. I think we're technically the fifth worst team, right man. Now. I, I some of these teams that are losing like this, I'm like, wait a minute. You guys have actually like some good players, like Dallas, Tyler Sagan, and uh, Jamie Benn, and all those fucking guys. What the fuck? Yeah, I thought Dallas might take it all last down last year. Yeah, like what the fuck is going on? So, anyways, I think uh, Swedish defenseman, right-handed shot, very very good skater, very very good uh, hockey sense and everything. It show, he's playing in the man's league right now, so he, he's playing at the top league in Sweden, still doing very very well. So I, I like that he's playing against grown men. Uh, Timothy Lilligren, uh, look him up. His his name is spelled super funny, uh, but I think. I think he'd be our best chance. We need defensemen, and he could be our next uh, our, ne- our next big defenseman. Yeah, but he could uh, also but- be dropping down the draft board because he could be a bust. Well, I mean, anybody could. I mean, there's got to be yeah. a reason he's dropping down the draft board. Yeah, but there's also a reason he was at the top. 
I mean, that it's I can't evaluate. We, we don't talent. even know who he is. I mean, Joe's the only one who I, knows yeah, who he I is. Mean, you got to go by his. I book. gotta. Joe's an expert on this one. I gotta defer to him. But I can I could evaluate like NFL talent a little bit, but NHL talent. I mean, the guy can skate. I think he can play. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I. Either way, I think we gotta go defenseman. I think um, you guys remember Adam Foot from the Avalanche. Yep. Yes. Uh, his foot, Cal, his son Cali Foot is uh, is in this draft. What's his name? I think Cali. Cali Foot. C A L L E. Sounds a little bit like Caliphate. Uh, has me a little worried there. Okay. But I, I mean, him and like a couple other guys, I think uh would be good good selections we got we got to go defense we got to be specific i just hope we take somebody they can call up right away like we can see an instant impact you know i'm sick of like manta's been sitting down there like oh he's gonna be sick like we need somebody that can step in day one and make an impact on the team well that's like harder and i agree no i I agree but like i'm not saying make an impact like we need to make the playoffs next year you know i'm down for a 10-year rebuild that's what it takes what i'm saying is like I know what you mean, Jerry. Not like Connor McDavid came in. He could play when he was a rookie. Patrick King could play when he was a rookie. I'm not saying that to be that good, but I need like 10, 11 goals if it's a defenseman, like 18 if it's, well, not 10, maybe like 7, and like 18 if it's a forward or something. You can kind of look at Detroit's draft from uh, this past one where they were sitting in a spot. They traded down to get rid of Dassey's contract. The guy that Phoenix drafted in that spot played for them this year. Yeah, he ended up being really good. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, I mean, the guy, what happened with the guy we picked, Joe? Isn't he still in the minors? Uh, he's in college, but he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's yeah. he's uh, he's the guy who rose pretty quick, but he, he's also a dude he needs to put some size on. And he's super smart. Uh, he's going to college for an engineering degree. Um, oh, so he's got a backup plan? That's the worst. Oh, good. Of- he can build the new st- help build a new stadium then. That's like he can't the, play on the ice. I mean, I'm all about people getting education. Oh, he can play, man. I, like I, saw, that, I, saw, I saw his highlights. He, uh, he can play. He's, he's right. real smart. He's real smooth. I'm starting to snooze. Uh, I saw Riley that, Sheehan's that highlights, too. Remember name. that? Riley Sheehan? Oh, he's so good. You need to see this kid. See his highlights from college. How many goals did he score this season, Joe? Yeah, we, we're, now we're just repeating the same. <laughs> All right, topics. this is getting confrontational. Okay. We're kind of running this running this course on this on this matter here. I'm not so. getting confrontational. Have, I'm just you know playing a little devil's advocate here. We so. have to move on. I'm gonna just no, tee you guys. A That's what you're doing. Okay, okay. I'm gonna tee this up, and I'm gonna just set my headphones down because I really don't like bas- college basketball, and I don't know about it, and you guys do. So you got to touch a little bit on March Madness. We kind of went over on the hockey stuff, so be concise, and we'll get to the fun stuff. So just go ahead and and rap about the elite, whatever. Fab four, just go. It's been a, it's actually been a pretty good tournament. We've seen a lot of good games. The UNC being Kentucky was good. Wichita State, like both Final Four games were close yesterday. Oregon can't box out. I definitely have UNC winning it all. Um, the Michigan games, I think all three of them were pretty exciting. Came yeah, it was to nice the, to see the, the Big minute. Ten kind of got, uh, kind of got backdoored a little bit, saying they weren't good, you know what I'm saying, all season long. And it turns out the ACC was the weaker of the two conferences. Michigan State at least showed up. Everybody was just projecting them to lose to Miami. Like, they weren't going to beat Kansas. They just don't have – they have too many injuries and not enough uh, size. But it yeah, was good for I them. Mean, Michigan State, though, was like they'd get down, they'd make it close, they'd get down, they'd make it close, and then at the end it was like they just – They just didn't have enough of the yeah. same when they played Purdue. They don't have anybody – I mean, they're – Backup center. Well, he actually starts most games. Nick Ward's a freshman, comes off the bench, but the Kenny Goins is literally a walk on. Like he could, yeah. Your second string, you, 
if everybody was healthy, you could play basketball every day of your life with Kenny Goins at the rec center at state is what I'm saying. Like he's nothing <laughs> special. Like, and he tries hard, which is cool. So Izzo likes him, but he's just not good. The only good thing is I think with how close this team was to being great, Miles Bridges might come back. They say it's around 50, 50. And if that's true, it's gonna be a good year next year. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I missed the Gonzaga, South Carolina that, game. That was a good game. But I was able to catch the end of Oregon, North Carolina. And that, I mean, that game was good at the end. And the funny part was that Oregon probably would have had a pretty good chance to win that game if one of their guys had boxed out on either of the two free throws. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They missed both rebounds. And it's also crazy because they won their, uh, what was that? Was that Elite Eight game against? Yeah, that was the Elite Eight, right? Or was that the Sweet 16? Against no. Kansas? Sweet 16 was Michigan. Sweet 16, Michigan, they won because Michigan didn't box out, you know? Yeah. And, but, I mean, you would see that Jackson kid's really good for them. Uh, it's, just, it's just been a good tournament. There's a lot of good talent out there. This is a really deep NBA draft for once. The thing is, also, these guys are going to take a while to develop because they're so freaking young. But there's a lot of people out there. We got, uh, is it LeVar Ball or is that his dad? LeVar Ball is his dad, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, can he can ball, pun intended. Yeah, but what, what do you guys think about that guy from uh, South Carolina that carried that team all the way to the Final Four? That Thornwell is his name. He's like a really good college player, probably not going to materialize in the pros. He's just like a, a yeah. sick collegiate athlete. He's one of those guys yeah. who he has a great tournament. He'll get draft. He'll increase his draft stop because of it, but he probably won't. He's uh, just you know he's like a do much at the NBA level. He's a little bit better than good at everything, but he's not great at anything. But right. it was nice to see South Carolina make the Final Four. That Frank Martin guy, that guy can motivate individuals. I don't know if you saw his speech, but that guy can. Frank Martin can coach. I don't know how he's at South Carolina. Somebody's going to pick him up. Or else South Carolina's going to get good at basketball, one of the two, because that guy can yeah. really yeah. get him moving. The only well, yeah, that's, I like that's what I was saying. Like, this, is, this is huge for South Carolina's recruiting, and you might be able to start a rivalry between South and North Carolina. But... I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's their first. Isn't that their first tournament? It's the first tournament when they ever had. They only made one other one. It was nineteen seventy seven. My guess is yeah. next year South Carolina is just. I mean, I, the thing is, I was talking with my buddy who's a Kentucky fan the other day. Like the South, like the SEC is always known for not being that good at basketball. But then they put um, like three teams in the lead eight this year, I believe. Flor- yeah, Florida, Kentucky, and South Carolina all made the lead eight. The thing is, we see in football all the time. If you look at the map of where the most five stars. Are, it's the SEC. Like, th- that's where they live. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, if you have that good of athletes, all they have to do is grow four more inches and they can be a basketball player at the collegiate level if you're that athletic. So, like, the talent's right there. And, like, other schools go in and pick the guys out. Like, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was from Florida, went to play Kentucky. If these schools from around there just go and grab a couple of these athletes, you know, you can put a run together if you have seven, eight, six, seven and above athletes on your team. Yeah. Yeah. So... so- in the final, in the final uh, coming up, who who are the players to watch from UNC and Gonzaga? You got to, I think you got to watch this Jackson kid, number forty four for UNC. I think he Justin Jackson. Justin yeah. Jackson. The thing is, he's a junior though, which is crazy. So he might not be that good in the NBA, but he can really fucking play basketball. What about the Polish kid from Gonzaga? He's seven one. He looks like an offensive lineman. Yeah, that probably be one of the two guys to watch. Is yeah. those two? I mean, UNC's got a lot of good guys though. I think like. Every game they've kind of had like another a different guy as their standout. Like last night it was uh, that uh, Meeks guy. Meeks, that's his name. The, the big center that was getting all the yeah, rebounds. The guy who got those rebounds there forever. Rebound at the very end of the game. He had a, I think he had over twenty five points in the game. He had a really good game last night. 
Yo, Oregon wasn't ready for somebody that day. No. The thing is, that guy's not going to do it. (laughs) Meek should be taken down by... uh, the uh, that seven one Polish kid, I can always blank out his name. You're such a racist, Frank. But uh, no, I just asked a question. Yeah, I mean, I Wildski or something like that. Yeah, I can't. You know, I don't. I don't want to hear about how when Gonzaga wins. I just don't want to hear the stories about it. You know, Karnowski, Sandal State's out there. But I'm. I want Gonzaga to win. I think UNC is going to blow him out. Where is yeah, Gonzaga? I think, uh, Spokane, Spokane, Washington. Is it Spokane, Washington? So like people are going berserk out here, man. I want you go to a bar. Uh, I went to a bar yesterday, watched the game. There was all the uh, uh, Gonzaga alum. Do you uh, do you ever sit, wonder about the uh, how like two months ago they're rooting for Washington in the playoffs and now they're just rooting for a different college team? There's no loyalty out there. Does that? Well, I mean, come on, they don't have much out there. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't ask the question. I was just trying to have a good time. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's cool. It's got to be fun to be in that kind of area. I actually went to the Final Four of Michigan State, made it and lost to Duke. I mean, it's just, it's just a good time of year. No, uh, I mean, you are right, though. They are, they are pretty fair weather fans. I mean, the Hus- Huskies are out of it. They might, they might have a sweatshirt for all three teams, Wazoo, uh, the Huskies, and, and the Zags. Yeah, you know, there uh, was, I, didn't see, I didn't hear crap about Seahawks fan, the 12th man, like when they stunk. Yeah, everyone's. It's funny. Everyone up here is like, like anyone who knows football is laughing at Seattle right now for signing Eddie Lacy because they're they're all like, oh yeah, we got Eddie Lacy, we got the new beast mode now, and every anyone who knows football (laughs) just starts laughing in their face. They're like, dude, he's gonna break his ankle week two, and you guys are gonna suck. I've been out to that what's that Pike's Place Market out there where we went to get chow right before I left. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Put Eddie Lacy in there. You know how fat he's going to be? You're going to roll him out of there in the fucking wheelbarrow. Oh, man. If you would have seen this restaurant Joe took me to out there, it was like a Japanese. What was that name of that place, Joe? Oh, uh, Dintai Fung. Oh, man. He would do some damage in there, wouldn't he? Yeah, he did tweet <laughs> oh, yeah. one time, I love China food. Oh, yeah. Well, he <laughs> no, so so in the Marines, Dump, the Marines have something called BCP. And so that's what you go on if you if you don't make height and weight, you know. So you, you go on BCP and you, you like can't get off. How it many for times six have months. you been on it, Joe? Uh, none. And so allegedly, when you, on, when you get on BCP, you're on it. For I can six help you months, get on right? that, Joe. Trust me, my diet plan, excellent. I want to hear about the damn BCP. We let him finish, God. please. Jesus Christ! I want to know like what the it definition is. of BCP. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, so you get on BCP, you stand it for like six months, right? And uh. And you can't get off it until like in, in six months. If you make height and weight, then, then, you, then you can get off it. Anyways, so when all, when all the Marines talk about, you know, Seahawks and all this bullshit, all the Marines are like, oh, yeah, Eddie Lacy will be on BCP as soon as he checks into camp. <laughs> Jeez. Dude, I think they said he showed up at like take, two. Take a whole season to get him off it. <laughs> Last year, he was a little, two years ago was when he was really big. I think he showed up at like oh, yeah. 285 or something. He was doing like P90X or some shit to get off of BCP. Yeah, yeah dude, that's geez. ridiculous. Well, that's dude, like his the, contact. The Packers had him on BCP. They know it was up. That's why they're like, hey, dude, no, maybe you know, the Coaches always will protect their team. You know what I mean? They just don't really give the media anything. But they asked uh, Mike McCarthy about it going into, like right after the season was over with Eddie Lacy and his weight gain. And he was like, I mean, you shouldn't be talking to me about weight because, you know, Mike McCarthy's a little chunky, but. I mean, things might have to happen if he doesn't lose a cut. He didn't say it like that, but you know, basically they threw him no, under the bus. Said, he said it. I remember that. Yeah, you know. He said. Yeah. He said. He said well, he I was gonna weight. say. Uh, I know Eddie Lacy's contract with Seattle. He has like a bunch of incentives in there for making weight, basically. 
Yeah. You know, you're getting paid no. that much money. You're a professional athlete, man. You got to cut some weight, dude. Just stay away from the freaking It's your sizzling. job to be in shape, not to like be a fat bum like Jamarcus Russell. He's so fat, man. God. I, they were just, I saw a segment on that not long ago on, on one and of the, the national The crazy shows. thing is the difference. He was always pretty big, and like, but 20, and when he was like maybe 20 pounds lighter, he was just quick enough that like he could get going and do like spin moves and stuff. But then he got fatter and tried to do the same stuff. It was just going to lit up like. You're just uh, yeah. Even that tenth of a second means so much in the NFL. It's crazy. Yeah. So it just and all that weight is blown out his ankles. While we're talking about running backs, real quick, this is a total tangent. Probably not even the show sheet. Well, we're actually kind of segueing into the NFL. We're into draft. football now. We're done with yeah. the market. Okay. Okay. Adrian Peterson, Gerard. Is it going to happen after the draft? After everything's like after the smoke is settled, you know the signings are pretty much done right now. Uh, the, the big ones at least. And after the draft for the Packers, do you see the Packers possibly picking up AP? Uh, I actually do see it as a possibility because they always do creep veteran free agents late, like real like Charles Woodson, uh, Julius Peppers. But I actually think they might be going running back in the first round. I saw one that has da- Dalvin Cook falling to him, and I saw another one with Christian McCaffrey. I've, I've read this morning that they were talking to Joe Mixon. They're having him visit. Dude, Joe Mixon is a stud. Like, I know he hit a girl, and that sucks. And, like, I'm all against beating women, but That's fine. that kid can play, and he's going to fall. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Rank. <laughs> like, it's fine. I mean, it's not fine. Isn't America, like, the land of second chances? You know, are, right. are we Britain's second chance at greatness? The NFL is the land of who gives a hell. Fuck. Oh, the NFL is just. I, yeah, the NFL, anything goes. I don't know why everyone makes a big deal about yeah, Mixon, I, honestly. Just, no, I, I'm with you. I, no, dude, I think. So what do you think, Andrew? They they pick up Mixon and then they go corner in the second. Uh, I don't think they're taking Mixon in the first. I mean, I hope you guys take McCaffrey, man. Ten reps. How about that? Oh my god, that that <laughs> YouTube video is painful, man. No, if they take McCaffrey, he's gonna be like a Danny Woodhead rolls. He's a little scat back. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a Danny Woodhead, Darren Sproles type back. I hope you, guys dude. Take I've done him. like I've he's done pretty like much gonna replace Randall Cobb. He's gonna allow them to cut Randall Cobb if they have to. Randall Cobb did have a kind of shitty year last year, too. He's a little bit overweight, too. You notice that? Number six pack on him. Mm-mm-mm. Those Packers like to eat, yeah. man. Well, dude, the thing is... Like, there were those girls in Wisconsin? Once you get paid, there's no more incentive. Like, <laughs> Randall Cobb, I mean, he doesn't have a ring, but... Wow. Um, Frank just completely has to fall the show right now. Oh, uh, NFL topic, TJ Lang left the Packers to go to the Lions, which I believe I've called on this show. I know I've called it... Uh, in, I know, yeah, I know you've called it in person. He's he's always a ninety-seven. It's good for them. I mean, it's also good for the Packers because they have other office line talent, and he's over thirty, and they're not really down with big ass contracts over thirty. So yeah, so it, it because out of that, I I figured like the Packers would go corner in the first, running back in the second, O line in the third, and then anything after that, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I I, I think they're going to take – if Dalvin Cook's still there, I want them to take him in the first round. But if not, oh, yeah. I would go uh, – I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to fall that low. I mean, but if, but if he does. Back, I'm saying if he does, they got to hey. take him. But if not, you got to go corner in the first round. Unless corner's not there, and in which case I just go O-line because at that point there's going to be some sick O-lineman there. And the yeah. Packers are actually pretty good at drafting O-linemen if you consider Bakhtiari – Bulaga, TJ Lang, for example. Yeah, they've Scott drafted a lot of good. They have a plethora of center. Scott Well was a Pro Bowler. How do you guys think TJ is going to do for the Lions? The real question. I personally think that TJ looked a lot better because of the way the Packers do their offensive line. Like it's almost like an amoeba. Like I've said before, and Rogers is always moving around. Like Stafford's going to have to keep his head on a swivel. Okay, I think the Lions have been just slowly started to put a high emphasis on their offensive line. So I think he'll just add to it. I think we're going to see a. 
a really strong, structured, stable. We used that word earlier, stable of offensive linemen. They did uh, after the market was set. They did sign that right tackle, and I think he's the highest paid right tackle in the league now. They're they're focused, which on is it crazy. Too. How yeah. much teams don't value the right tackle position? So you'll have a nice solid offensive line protecting your your money making quarterback, and we'll see what happens yeah. with the running back. Which that's the thing is, I think they kind of went, hey, we need to upgrade this offensive line because. Our choices are Stafford or who the fuck knows, probably some guy in the draft who... There's no good quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, and there's no good quarterbacks in the draft. So Stafford's our best option at quarterback. We're going to have to pay him, and we already keep seeing him take shots constantly. We need to upgrade this O-line so he's not constantly getting hit. And God forbid start running the ball. We showed a little bit of signs last year, but... The thing is, too, though, is even when there are great quarterbacks in the draft... They're not guarantees. I mean, they're, the thing about they're only really about five or six legitimate quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and Stafford's yeah. one of them. It, Given the, and, I would, and Stafford, I yeah, that's what I want to say. I want to put Stafford. I would say Stafford. Stafford's Stafford's got about ten quarterbacks that, given the right, like I think with the right. The thing is, I think there's about six or seven good coaches, and then you got about ten solid quarterbacks. Like I think that Mariota or Winston. If he were on the Packers two years from now, could be winning a title or something like that. Or if they're on Dash or something like that. Dak Prescott's yeah. good. Roethlisberger can ball. Brady. Like, Phillip Rivers, given a better team, I think could do all right. But then, yeah, there is. I think it's because we can get in. Probably not going to get into it. But I think it's just because of the whole spread offense taking over in college, personally. You just don't have quarterbacks running pro systems. It's just, yeah, it's like I pussies. mean. Yeah. You have guys who that, then they have to build that learning curve to be a pocket passer or to become a better passer, even if they're still throwing yeah, on the run. Fu- yeah, like, and you fight your natural instincts all the time. Like you, Cam Newton, you saw it this year. Like he just when you try to make a mobile quarterback a pocket pass, it's not an easy transition. Mike Vick could never do. It. They always said Mike Vick would have one good game pocket passing. You get lit up the next game and start running. Like in your like they, it was a Navy SEAL that said or some crap like that, but. He was like, in moments of like panic, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your training. Like, yeah. If you've been scrambling around yeah. and just all your whole life, when you panic, you're not going to just eat the shot and hit a good pass like a Brady or a Manning or a Rodgers Stafford. or Stafford. You're going to freaking yeah. get lit up. I mean, it's true. Stafford does that. Stafford. Yes. I mean, I remember there was all those injury concerns. He got hurt those first couple oh, years. Oh, yeah. But now the shots that I've seen him take, I'm just like, dude, he's built Jesus like concrete. Christ. He's built like concrete. That guy's taking shots yeah, all day. He's probably due for an injury pretty soon. But I actually Oh, like shut that. your mouth. Hey, he hurt, his, he hurt his finger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's he had true. a finger injury. That's what cost us yeah, the no, Super Bowl. So, yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, what cost us. us. Yeah, but, yeah. So, One more healthy finger, we Frank's got ourselves a title. Too, Frank's way too early prediction. Who's winning the Super Bowl next year? <laughs> oh, well, you already know. <laughs> three, so, one, three, one, three, man. So who, who are the Lions taking the draft? That's that's what I was just going to bring gotta up. They got to go linebacker or corner, bro. They yeah. don't. I mean, we need somebody opposite Slay and... We let, they let go of Levy's big mouth. Well, Levy wasn't playing, so getting rid of him was a good call. Dude, they need linebackers. They need like six linebackers. Yeah, I love. They need you know, a I love full Bynes. three and a full backup. I love Bynes, but he needs some help there. If you know, we we got to pick take a linebacker. But... We need somebody to replace Bynes. Is what we need. <laughs> no, I like Bynes. They need to get a linebacker, and they could also use another pass rusher because they went all of November without a sack, even with Mister Ezekiel. On there's a I think there's a bunch of things we do. I could, I could see us taking a D end. I really could. Yeah, because. The one thing, a good pass rush will cover a lot of sins behind it. If you can get yeah, there with well, four. That was like a few years back. We had a great pass rush, 
and it made our corners look awesome because don't say we on the show, Tony. Say the Lions, all right? Because some of this us are Packer show. backers. It's a Lions show. Okay. Well, the Lions a few years ago had a great pass rush, and it helped cover up for their secondary. It made their secondary look good because our quarterbacks didn't have time where they're getting hit as they throw, so they weren't that accurate. So then that quarterback. Well, let's be was, honest. The ten teams that didn't make the playoffs that they beat quarterbacks didn't look good. The six good teams they played did just fine against the Packers. I don't care what you you rhetoric and your bullshit what you say over here. That 2015, if it wasn't for the bullshit call, that was our year to win the Super Bowl. What I'm telling you, you went to Green Bay with a chance at the division, and you had the number two rushing defense. Lazy's big old ass had like 120 yards rushing. Rodgers is playing. We were on a resting guys. We were resting guys. No. <laughs> You don't know what you're talking oh about. You don't know what you're forgot, talking about. I forgot how ignorant you are about football. I'm glad we're doing the show again. <laughs> All right. So, but, quit your projecting on me, Frank. I know it's because your own insecurities because you barely no, remember the season, game. It was like you'd see a quarterback and hit as he threw, and that cornerback who got burned on a streak was, oh, now the ball came straight to me, and I'm going to look awesome with this pick. But the truth is I got burned in coverage, but the ball was inaccurate, so I get a pick. Well, if, if this Quinn is as good as everyone's saying, and I believe that he is, we can find some defensive backs, third, fourth round, fifth round. We can find some, find some gems, some diamonds. Fifth round defensive backs. Well, I'm just you, – you see my point. I mean, we're going to have some deep – a deep draft, I think. We I mean, start off with Killebrew a de- was a late-round pick, and he played oh. well. You're coming at me with Miles Killebrew? He was a seventh-round pick, I think. He's, I, he's a sick name, and he's a sick hitter and shit, but Miles Killebrew – that's I'm talking about saying, depth in the draft. Right? I'm just saying, like guys that Lions usually drafted at that place Are never gone. played yeah, well. What was that? Hold the um, you get they say you get starters in the seventh round. And didn't the Lions waste the seventh round pick on Legat? Not Legatron. That's Greg Zimmerlin, but that one kicker that hit like, you know, the one kicker that made that YouTube video. Didn't they waste a pick? Kickalicious. Kickalicious. Yeah. No, he he was a free agent signing. Oh. Well, anyways, Freeze was the one that we used the seventh round pick on, and then just cut. Yeah, <laughs> and then ended up cutting because he the one, sucked. The Lions are in a positive direction. In the fact that Bob Quinn doesn't seem like he's drafting people. That I mean, when uh, who was the last guy? Martin Mayhew. Yeah, Mayhew. Fairly's entire draft within three years wasn't on the Lions or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the NFL, the average cycle is it just it's so fast. You got to keep guys from the draft, but. Yeah, the average career is like. I think Lions years. have to go linebacker. I think they're going to get either the guy from Bama, or if they don't get him, they'll get the guy from Clemson uh, a little bit later, maybe third round. And I can see the Lions going Joe Mixon for sure. Yeah, Bob Quinn said, "Oh, I, would, I am mad that he didn't go to the combine." And it's like, let's be honest. If you're an NFL GM right now and you're set at running back, the best PR move you can make right now is saying, "Well, with Joe Mixon's." Uh, Incident, uh, we're taking him off of our draft board because it's going to give you great PR. But the truth is, you didn't. We weren't going to go running back anyway. Dude, half of NFL fans probably beat their wives. Nobody cares. The stadiums are going. If you sign Joe Mixon, your ticket sales aren't going to go down. It's just yeah, well. It's, also, if the Lions sign Joe Mixon, it'll actually have people show up to like their off-season practices, and it'll just be people protesting it's like, him. These these freaking commercials and shit. Oh, don't beat your wife. It's like everybody knows you're not supposed to beat your wife. You don't have to tell me. I get it. I know. You think people who beat their wives don't know that? They're just idiots and nincompoops. Everybody's got a phobia nowadays, man. It's just let the boys play. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> That's not letting the boys play when they're going. I mean, home you know, and just their the wife. Li- the feminists. It just is, I don't know. <laughs> wow, Frank. No, I just can't deal with you right now. <laughs> I'm just, just I'm tired just of it. Seriously, it's just getting it's just getting played out. Um, I mean, if they took him, I wouldn't be upset. Is the point? 
<laughs> yeah, no, because he has talent, and that's the NFL to act like they're somehow better by not even going to the combine was literally. I mean, you have, the combine doesn't matter. You can run a forty anywhere. You can you can go to Trent High School right now and run a forty. You know what I mean? I got a stopwatch. It's not hard. It's on my iPhone. You don't have to really combine. So the NFL gets to look good. Oh, can you do girls who are going to the combine? If you really wanted to do something, you say, yeah, if you get a domestic violence charge any time in your life and it goes through, like you get convicted as guilty, you can never play in the NFL. There would be no NFL. I mean, there wouldn't be no NFL. I mean, just, be, there would be a lot, be a lot of guys who would not be in the NFL right now. Oh, be a lot less talent. might be a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Whoa. I'm just saying uh, there would be a lot less talent. And I think that... You, the, the worst ones are the ones that we hear about, and I'm being honest about this. Look, Take Florida football, for example, and all that corruption that went on there. I think in the NFL, we only hear about the worst ones, the dumb oh, ones that get yeah, caught. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, if you want to go like tinfoil theory, there's all kinds of creepy stuff that happens. And they yeah, it's, just, you know, the rug. it's like they say, you only catch the dumb ones. I think there's a lot of things that go on untold. There's all kinds of NFL players that probably hit up female or do something really shady oh, and, and then the, most of the wives probably like, just cooperate yeah they did i just are like look like here's if you just hit some girl they probably just give them like 500 grand they're like oh do i really want to have my name dragged through the mud or like i have to go on tv and all this crap versus i mean and then when they don't the ones we don't hear about is the one that aren't paid off because you know there's like fixers in the world there's people who go and fix problems with money so let's say i'll use a packer for example Let's go. When Eddie Lacy was still here, that way he, I don't like him because he's a Seahawk. Let's say he beat his girlfriend. There's somebody the Packers have employed to go to the girl and be like, look, we're willing to offer you this to not go public with it. You know, if she doesn't take the money, she tries to be ridiculous. Then they'll just, then they'll throw the player underneath the bus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that exists. There's no question about it. And it's just, these guys are getting too cocky with it. Now you're doing it in hotels and places with cameras. It's just like, whatever happened, just doing it at home. Wow. Frank's <laughs> like, yeah. Just commit domestic violence at home. And the immortal words of Bill Burr: I like my beer like I like my violence. Domestic. There you go. But <laughs> I don't know how we got. Yeah, to no, that talking level. about like PR. I mean, is, uh, we're getting good flow, guys. I forget how fun this is. The funny thing with PR though is then you look at like Colin Kaepernick, and the thing is, is like he's not getting signed, and they're saying, oh, it's because he's kneeling during the national anthem, and there's some unnamed NFL executive who said he's considered on the same level as Ray Carruth. And Ray Carruth, for those of you who don't know, was an NFL player who got his girlfriend pregnant. She wouldn't get an abortion. So he took out a hit on her, and he's now in prison for taking out a hit on his girlfriend, which the hit succeeded in killing her. But they were able to uh, successfully save the baby, though. But the kid has a ton of, like, issues. Well, the point with Kaepernick... Well, well, way to bring me down, Tony. God. But no, I'm just saying, like, they're... There's NFL executives saying, oh, because of kneeling, he's considered on that level. And it's like, I don't think kneeling is why he's not signed. Well, to, it, I think it I, is. No, I, I don't think it is. I think if he was sick, if he was balling out yeah, like if he, he was, could play, he would be in the NFL. Because look at domestic violence. People hate domestic violence, but domestic violence guys get signed in the NFL because they yeah, can no, fucking it's, play. It's literally just because he's not that good at the quarterback position. But I think that teams are using that as a cop-out in terms of keeping people in line. Well, when you say he's not on Ray Cruz level, I agree. Ray Cruz is a way worse person. However, I will maintain that being blacklisted in the NFL is still being blacklisted. So they are kind of on the same yeah. level if you look at it like that. But no, the fact of the matter is Colin Kaepernick hasn't had a good year in three seasons. He has the worst, like most high sack percentage. And the messed up thing is Colin Kaepernick is the whole kneeling thing. He, what he did was went about his approach wrongly. People did talk about it, but instead of kneeling, he should have just like 
worn a not worn a shirt because he did the Black Lives Matter. He should have came up with his own message because he's given like almost two million dollars to charity. Like he's actually doing a lot of good. Like philanthropically, Colin Kaepernick is actually kind of the man right now. But the fact of the matter is, like when you kneel during the national anthem and you protest the national anthem, no matter what way you look at it, you're protesting the people who are protecting your freedom is what you're doing. There's no that's that's all the national anthem is for. Every time I hear, it, I think about you, Joe. If you want to be honest. Like it's all that's the whole reason why we stand and salute because there's thousands and thousands of people for, for the country who've already been through it. Like you just don't kneel during it. Like you, there's another way he could have channeled his protest and he could have probably even started his own foundation like the Clintons that made $67 million. You know what I mean? Well, what happened yeah, to the foundation now? The, the, method, the method and the uneducation of it, like just the whole un, unwell, I don't know how to say it. It's right. not well thought out. It was very belligerent in my mind. And I think you could have gone about it a better way. And ever since then, he's, yeah. he's been on the spotlight. And sure, a lot of people have come up with their own ways of doing something during the national anthem. And it started this whole trend and good for him. He's I'm down. A, if he uh, wanted to throw up a fist while he was standing like, we need to do something that would even be better than kneeling, you know. But what I'm saying, what, well, I, the, what I'm trying to make is, his, dude, it's stupid. I don't get why. You, what, what are you saying here? It's, it was stupid. It's, it, what he We're did was stupid. Plane. But if he came out with a better message, I'm saying what Colin Kaepernick is doing post kneeling is actually really good work, and that should be recognized. Well, the thing is Fuck with him. Colin Kaepernick that people seem to forget about is before he was kneeling for the national anthem, there was a lot of talk about whether he'd even make the cut to be on the team last year. So why is it that he got cut and no team wants to sign him? Such a surprise now. I'm just saying I don't think this whole thing helped. Yeah, he's not that good, but I, are you telling me that he's so bad where he shouldn't be on any of the 32 teams? Yeah. I don't think that this helped him is the point I'm making. No, it definitely, didn't, it definitely, no, it definitely didn't help didn't him. Help. And well, the in Browns the NFL, you don't want to back up who's getting you a ton of media attention. Johnny Manziel. He's, you know, same kind of concept. Johnny Manziel. Is Tim he, Tebow, there for Christ's sakes. He was a backup in the NFL, but he drew all this media attention to the team. And he was a saint. Yeah, you know? e- even though he can't throw... Tony's actually making probably the best point he's made on the show. It's really just about the kind of attention a backup quarterback's drawing. Because Tebow... I thought that was my point. I thought uh, I was, that was my point. Frank oh, started it. And Frank, I this is a really good example. teamwork between you guys for the first time in a long okay. time. I like it. But yeah, <laughs> like the fact of the matter is you don't want a backup bringing in the attention. And like Tebow is definitely... Or was. He probably isn't now. But like if you're talking about... like. The second string player for Tampa Bay, like he was good enough to be that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you have guys who they have talent, and the media circus that surrounds them—it's not worth it. Yeah, especially so with Kaepernick because that whole thing was was just stupid. And I like the word belligerent. Especially in the NFL, where the quarterback is seen as the leader of the offense, and all the attention is on the backup. And then there's always going to be that every coach hates that question in the press conference. Well, when is the second stringer going to get a chance? Because the, the first stringer, well, he threw three touchdowns. And he also had two interceptions, and you guys lost the game on a last-second field goal. And it's like, our quarterback played good. Chill. Like, yeah, well, you you guys want to see the backup promoted to the starter. Did Blaine Gabbert start over Kaepernick this year? Yes. Some games. <laughs> well, now he can just do what he wants, man. He can go be a civil rights activist, and hopefully he, uh, well, I'm not even going to say it. Never mind. I mean, the thing is, I think he should. He's doing it. That's what I'm, the point I'm making is he might have found a second career. He just should have done it in a better way. Like, he's not that good at football. He's actually really good at, like, helping people and, like, spreading message because, like, he can get on TMZ. Like, he has in a great position of power now, and I think he should embrace that instead of worrying about the NFL. That's all I'm saying. Like, you can just be a philanthropist, a full-on rapist. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was waiting to see if anybody said that. Well, that's. I'm glad we have to talk a little football. It's good, man. I can't wait for the draft. That's going to be exciting. We'll have to maybe do a show right before or right after. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with right after. Why does it even mean, do a show? Yeah, a specific a show. Like, specific the Browns to are the supposed draft. to go with uh, Miles Garrett or whatever out of Texas A&M, but who the hell's gonna play quarterback for him? You know. Let's do that. You guys want to do that? We'll do a yeah, show. Yeah, Rock The draft specific. Johnny show. Manziel. Yeah. Draft day. We'll do a specific draft show. Um, right after post draft. Yeah. That, that week. Yeah. After. Breaking down. We'll do a classic Lions draft, Packers draft, best draft, worst draft scenario. Yeah, I think we did that last year. So sounds. No, good. the Browns. Do it again. The, the Browns have two high picks, and they have some good signings and as far as offensive line goes. So we'll see. For sure, for sure. So um, I did want to touch – we can't forget – we've been going a long time. I, I did want to talk about the UFC a little bit. Is that okay? Well, before we get to the UFC, just talking about the Browns, you guys see uh, – I don't know if it was a GM or the president of the Browns came out and said, like, yeah, like, even if we don't agree with what Josh Gordon's been doing, like, we don't have the talent to cut him. He literally said that. Like, he said, like, <laughs> the fact of the matter is he's so good, we can't just let him go if he comes back in shape. Oh, yeah. Josh Gordon's the man. I'm just glad to hear some honesty. That's good to hear in football. But now transition oh, to... Yeah, just this a little bit of the UFC or fighting in general. Uh, I just had to give a shout-out um, to our fellow podcaster, Chael Sonnen. He's going to be fighting Vanderlei Silva in June, just after my birthday on June 24th. So I'm looking forward to that. He's going to rebound after that awful Tito performance. He's going to win this one for sure. You can book it, guarantee it. So shout out to him. We won't talk about that. But um, what do you guys think about the whole McGregor Mayweather thing? You think it's going down soon or what? We already kind of talked about this a few episodes back. Well, that was like over a month ago and a lot happened since then. I I mean, we don't have to go on a tirade about it. No, because I I was in the position we shouldn't talk about it unless it's actually going to happen. But didn't Floyd Mayweather say I'm coming out of retirement to fight? It's going on. It's happening. That's what I, I wasn't asking the question if if it's going to happen or not. I meant to say. I mean, like, what so do you it is think? happening what do you think for sure. Win? Yeah, it's happening. Oh, I got Mystic Mac for sure. I got McGregor knocking him out. They're fighting. It's just a matter of when and where. I think Floyd's happening. trying to delay it long enough that McGregor loses a little bit of his speed because he's scared. I think he's doing what he did with Pacquiao. He's delaying. The yeah, but one. I don't know how much longer Mayweather wants to delay it when he's the older fighter. Yeah, I mean he delays yeah. it, bro. Oh, so are they are they going to box? Or are they going to do UFC? Oh, boxing. Okay, they're boxing. Ah, I mean, McGregor, that's all he does is stand no. up anyways. I, yeah, that's what I was saying. Everybody's just like, oh, like, uh, yeah, if it was MMA, he would get put in some kind of creepy choke that McGregor can do to, like, an amateur, right? But, like, McGregor doesn't wrestle people. He got worked on the ground by Diaz. He was literally knocking Diaz onto the ground and not jumping on him well, in, on purpose. In fairness, he does throw some pretty crazy kicks. Remember the kicks to the leg thing and yeah. that, stabbing front kicks and things like that. So he does – he's a kickboxer and – He's a he's a martial artist. He doesn't wrestle a lot and do jujitsu, but he's a martial artist. McGregor, he's not just a boxer. McGregor's going to go in there knowing that Floyd can't knock him out, so he doesn't have to worry yeah. about getting hit by Floyd. You know what I mean? McGregor's like way bigger than him, like way bigger. McGregor yeah. just needs one shot in that chin, one shot. Mayweather's out. All he needs twelve rounds of boxing. You got one shot. What that guy Miracle Ice say? You might miss it nine times out of ten. All he needs is one in twelve rounds. Well, and Connor's so accurate too with his punches, and you, you have well, more. Then- Accuracy with these yeah, eight, ounce, also, eight ounce gloves. I mean, well, no, that's not small. No, they're sixteen ounce gloves in boxing. No, not with the lighter guys. I thought they're not sixteen. Yeah, they're they're 16. either ten or ten or twelve. I think. You have to look that up. But well, I, I know I, the I know it's UFC, not sixteen. I know the UFC is fourteen ounce glove or four ounce gloves. Four ounce gloves. But I so there. Is, so that's one thing is like where you you see a lot more knockouts in the UFC because the padding on the hand is basically just to try and keep the hand from getting broken. Even though a lot of guys will still break their hands. 
Right. I just, I'm just saying, the bigger glove will have to help with that accuracy too. Is what I'm saying. It's you know he'll have a, it won't, it'll take away power. Yeah, but it won't transfer as much power because the power spread out over larger sur- yeah. larger surface. But he'll tag him and he'll lump him up, and I mean. We'll see. I, I mean, yeah, I think how, if he catches him uh, how, a couple times, he can win. But at the same time, Floyd is known for the fact that he, he has defense. phenomenal defense. I can't. How how, how old was he against Pacquiao? Like, how old is he now? He's 40, 40. And he was 38 and a half, I think, when he fought Pacquiao. Okay. I mean, McGregor's just time, turned 28. Man. I mean, he can't he can't be as quick as he was two years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, and Father in Time is undefeated. Like we saw it with uh, Peyton Manning. When it goes, it goes. I mean, boxing is probably yeah. a lot different. But... I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah Peyton bo- Manning just fell off a cliff, basically. Yeah, but I mean that that's that's the potential that you could see with Mayweather, man. I mean, th- this could be a fight where it's like, oh man, yeah, Mayweather, he's got great defense, great defense. All of a sudden, like, oh, where's his defense? <laughs> McGregor's just pounding the shit out of him right now. You know what I mean? So, can you imagine how? How like just uh, polarizing that would be for the box, sport of boxing if McGregor did just knock him out. He's never fought a professional fight. Floyd's got forty nine and zero. Dude, all and McGregor's doing right out. now probably is training boxing. Like I don't get. He's he twenty eight. He's a freak fighter. Who says he can't transition to just becoming a better boxer? Like he's getting. I don't, I don't get yeah. like. Oh, he's not a boxer. What the fuck do you think he's doing? He's known for knocking people the yeah, fuck well, out. That's all he's that's, done is box in the cage. <laughs> Yeah, like, what, I, you think that you, all of a sudden at 28 you can't learn how to be a little bit better at boxing? What do you you think he doesn't have the best trainers in the world? You know what I mean? Well, so does Floyd. You can teach a monkey how was, to fucking wipe their own ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> His last fight was a surgical, surgical boxing display. Who who did he fight? Alvarez. Uh, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, 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 and Eddie Alvarez. I mean, he just pounded him, man. He didn't do anything on the ground, anything like that. He just he just like surgically took him apart. And when it comes to, um, like, you know, when boxers lock up and they lock up a goal against the ropes or whatever like that, McGregor's just so much stronger physically. You know, he can rag, oh, yeah. he can ragdoll him a little bit in the clinch and in, in the tie-ups. And, I mean, it is going to be in Floyd's backyard of Vegas, so he's probably going to have the refs in his pocket. But Oh, yeah, McGregor can't, like, go to decision. He'll lose that for sure. And McGregor's got to knock him out, but. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too far into it. We did talk about it last episode or two episodes ago. I just wanted to bring it up a little bit. And then the last one, um, just a little bit, was the GSP versus Bisbing for the title. What? That's a, that's a super oh, I fight. I thought you were going chill. I thought you were going chill. No, so GSP was Bisbing for the fucking 185 belt. Yeah, I think that's awesome. GSP coming back. Yeah, I mean, GSP was one of those guys who he was on top of his game. There for the longest Left time. Left the sport. And Bisbing's, yeah, Bisbing's showing up drunk at the press conference and talking shit. Uh, it's gonna yeah, be sweet. I mean, man. it's it's it this thing's just like the happiest motherfucker on the planet. Basically, the, the UFC UD. needs it to needs that because the thing is, the last <clears throat> UFC card we watched was like not good at all. The Stephen Wonderboy Silva. Thompson, yeah, that, oh no, wait, yeah, yeah, that was it was not very good. The last card, and the thing is, besides McGregor, like if he really goes and fights Floyd, like they don't have a draw right That's now. Why they're, they're I mean, I wouldn't, to... I wouldn't say the last card wasn't good from a technical aspect. It was great, dude. I watched Woodley and Thompson just. It was Turn sh- around the circle for 25 minutes. It's a shitty fight. Yeah. But they're trying to bring back names. Like they're, they're trying to creep up Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz, get him back in the mix. GSP, they're bringing up. I mean, Cormier and that. I'm, I'm excited for the Cormier yeah, fight. Cormier yeah, Johnson. Cormier and Johnson yeah, that should be coming up fight. this Saturday. That's going to be good. Um, you, John Jones eventually is going to be back in the ring. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, they're gonna, I'm saying this is the start of them turning around. Yeah. Like as of late, their fight cards, like besides the one where McGregor beat the shit out of. Uh, Alvarez. And then yeah. Nunez, dude. Oh, I can't wait to see her fight again. I love her. Yeah, I think she might go up to 145. 
and then uh, you got the um, like nobody... cyborg fighting for the belt too against the, the hot yeah, chick. Yeah, Jermaine Duranime. Yep. So there's, I mean, there's some names, but it's yeah, that is during like a trend. There were some tough fights the last few. I mean, besides the yeah, because yeah, like you have what's his nuts hasn't Demetrius Johnson hasn't seen him fighting forever. He'll he be just, out. He just fought on a card the... back in December. Justice. Oh yeah, it's pretty. It was on Fox Sports One though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he hasn't been on the pay per view in a while. Like yeah. it's because he just dominates the division, but he can't go up. Yeah, they had it. he fought. Uh, oh, what's his. I can I know he was uh the Dillashaw isn't Dillashaw Garbrandt coming up? That'll be a good one yes. too. See now now we're I'm there, saying we're well, starting the momentum. What it is is those two are the coaches on the next season of the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, then, so watch that. Then right. they're gonna fight. That'd be good to watch though. Give us something to watch. We used to watch the Ultimate Fighter, Jerry. <laughs> we used to take long walks on the beach too, Frank. You well, the funny thing is, like, this is this, the Ultimate. This, this season of the Ultimate Fighter is like a bunch of guys who were on the show before coming back. They got like Joe Stevenson on the show, uh, Jesse Taylor, who he was most famous for. He was gonna be fighting at the finale, and then they let the guy stay in Vegas to like party for a couple days after they finished filming for the season. And he got in a fight with uh, the security at the ho- at the casino and hotel they were staying at. And then when like security was like dragging him out in handcuffs, he started screaming, "You can't arrest me! I'm a UFC fighter." So he's like, "Yeah, no, you're not fighting the finale anymore. We're gonna bring in another guy." Wow, I didn't know that story. That's pretty funny. That was the season uh, Amir Sadala beat CB Dalloway. Because mm, gotcha. it was funny, he Amir Sadala beat CB Dalloway in the semifinals to make hey. it the finale. And then Jesse Taylor beat uh, Tim Crudeur. So then because Jesse Taylor got kicked out, they had C.B. Dalloway and Tim Crudeur fight again. C.B. Dalloway won. So then he went to the finale, and he's like, oh, I'm not going to make the same mistake I did last time and lose to uh, Amir Sadala. But he still – and he lost the fight anyway again. That's a good story, but I appreciate it. I don't think anybody knows who those guys are, but it's... I know, I remember that season, Tony. Did. Yeah, because that was the season that... Uh, those were middleweights, right? Yeah, well, it was, yeah, was yeah. middleweights when they uh, did the season, and I'm pretty sure that was the season that was coached by Rampage and Forrest. Yeah, okay. yeah. That rings a bell. No, no, no. Uh, okay, no, yeah, Rampage and Forrest. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Because the season was like Rashad and Rampage. That was all the heavyweights. Yeah, that was the heavyweight season with Roy Nelson, Kimbo Slice, Brendan Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's all I really have on the show sheet. Anything else you guys want to get off your chest? Or I think that's about it. I mean, college spring ball right now. Uh, we'll see how those teams turn out in a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, baseball starts up. Baseball yeah. spring training right now. Yeah, we saw our Tigers two minutes again soon. Tigers two minutes going to be starting off. We're going to opening day next weekend. Hopefully we do a show next week or the week after. April in the D. I mean, Anybody? as long as Cleveland doesn't put up some ridiculous numbers, I mean, the Tigers could make it. I mean, they were right there. Um, well, it's going to be a long yeah. season, man. Uh, anybody want to make some quick predictions on the Tiger season? I don't know. Because, <laughs> uh, let's see. It'll be, be fun to watch. They're, they're built. Let's see. They, their bullpen and their starting pitching got worse, and so did their lineup, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be worse than last year. Yeah, well, we'll see, man. I hope it's better than last year. 162 games of freaking... I hope it's better than last year, too, but I have a feeling it's going down because all they did was lose players and not sign anybody worthwhile. All right, well, we'll, time will tell. Jerry's going to opening day, so he's going to have a good old time. He's got his first vacation day. He's all excited, but... um, 
That's it, boys. I, I got nothing else for it. Um, the, I promise the hiatus will not be as long this time. We're going to try to get the show back rolling. We just took a little bit of a break. Um, schedules conflict and things happen, but um, RSF's not going anywhere, baby. All right. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> yep. So, as always, you can find the show. Pay the bills. <laughs> crinkle. I don't have any papers. I'm just going to say crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Frank's got it. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> But yeah, so we got uh, Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Front, Twitter.com slash RSF Podcast, the website's RevolutionarySportsFront.com. You can email the show directly at RevolutionarySportsFront at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing. And thanks for being a part of the Sports Revolution. Adios, amigos!